Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. This show is a breakout from the CBS News Weekend Roundup, and every week we discuss issues including income inequality and gender. Last week, President Biden's effort to get Congress to pass voting rights legislation stalled, despite a fiery speech and even an op-ed from former President Obama. Civil rights activists were hoping to see a vote as promised in time for yesterday's federal holiday marking Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. But that didn't happen, and now President Biden is saying... I hope we can get this done. The honest-to-God answer is, I don't know whether we can get this done. There have been hunger strikes for voting rights around the nation by students, by veteran black radio host Joe Madison, who started one in November, and also by a coalition of pastors, Faith for Black Lives. Reverend Tracy Blackman at the United Church of Christ joins us to explain how they chose the date to begin. That conversation after this short break. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. January 6th, of course, is the anniversary of the insurrection, but also in the religious calendar in the Christian church, January 6th is Epiphany, and Epiphany literally means revelation. Uh, we celebrate Epiphany to mark the, um, the convergence of the Magi with the baby Jesus, and also as a mark of the baptism of Jesus two things that I consider to be rebirth events um, and revealing events. And so when uh, Dr. Green, Stephen Green, who convened us for this hunger strike, called and said, this is what's been in my spirit. We need to escalate. And when preachers escalate, we still escalate in spiritual ways. I happen to believe what I preach. I believe that prayer works, and I believe that there are certain things that can only be broken by fasting and prayer. So when he said it, it resonated with me, and I said yes right away, um, not even thinking about the length of time. Uh, You know, fasting is a spiritual discipline for us, and we've been out in the streets marching, and we're still calling senators, and we're doing all of the things that we do as activists, um, but as prophet- prophetic voices, we're also calling in the spiritual realm. And it has been, I have to say, Allison, a wonderful experience for us to journey this way together, many of us not even knowing one another. Um, it has deepened our spiritual walk in a time when the world needs more priestly function as well as prophetic function. And we are believing uh, that God is hearing the cries of the righteous and that we will get these voting legislation pieces passed because it is necessary to secure a democracy. I wonder what you think about President Biden's speech and how he has handled this issue Altogether, there are many people that uh, in the civil rights community that think they should have been doing more. 
Well, and I'm one of those people that think that he should be doing more. But in this moment, I'm glad that he finally uh, came forward and said that we are not going to sit and just take whatever behavior is handed to us. Uh, many people, many Black people went to the voting booths uh, to put Joe Biden in the position he is in because we could not tolerate any more of what was happening in this country. The resurgence of white nationalism, uh, the dismissal of black grief and black pain. And so we expect him to speak up on these issues. We expect every president to, but we certainly expect one that we stood in lines uh, to make this shift for to do so. And so I'm going to celebrate the fact that he is where he is right now, uh, knowing that what he inherited in this country was a disaster. <laughs> and there were so many places that needed work. Um, but we know that if we lose the right for every voice to be heard in our democracy, then our democracy will fail. And the ones that will feel that failure first and feel it the strongest will be people of African descent. And our ancestors worked too hard uh, for us to get where we are, for us to let that happen. I've got to ask you, for those that don't understand why communities of color feel that way, why do you think it would affect Black people more? Well, the history of the Republican shenanigans so far show that they are targeting the areas for gerrymandering and also targeting areas for heightened election screening in areas that are largely populated by non-white residents. Um, and some of those areas were key to flipping places uh, like getting Senator Warnock into the Senate and getting Joe Biden into the presidency. It is those areas that came through strong. Um, I suggest that the 19 states that have already enacted restrictive voting rights and the several others that are trying to follow are doing so not because the system was broken, but because the system worked and that we came out and voted and showed the power of the vote to shift the narrative in this country. I live in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, most of the nation knows us now as Ferguson. Um, and it is that kind of shifting that allowed us to put Cori Bush into the Congress. So it is no secret that the power of the vote is what the Republicans are fearing. The power of the vote is our greatest weapon in this democracy. And if you just look at where they are enacting these changes, what districts they are limiting voting opportunities, where they want to cut off early voting, you will begin to see a pattern of that happening in non-white areas and areas that are poor because there is a connection, not that you are are poor because you are Black, but there is a connection between those who are suffering uh, from poverty and those who are suffering from racism in this country. And those are the voices that are being silenced. I've got to mention that Senator Warnock is in Georgia. I wonder, I know you have been traveling the nation, talking to people as you are part of this push. What, have, what worries have you been hearing from congregations and voters that you've spoken to? You know, um, it's another reason that I think that this this hunger strike was important because there is a 
a general sense of hopelessness that uh, we won't be able to pull this out because it has been so long. Um, and it seems as though the Black community took blow after blow after blow, not seeing any major changes coming our way. And so it is incumbent upon us to keep hope um, risen in our communities. And that is that is the most distressing thing I hear when I hear people say, well, what difference will it make? Uh, things are not going to change. Uh, and I have to be reminded that Coretta Scott King said, I know this is about Martin Luther King, but Coretta Scott King said that freedom is one in every generation, right? Uh, and that we have to keep pushing for people to do what is right. Uh, so my, my most distressing messages that I hear are ones of people giving up or ones of people saying, you know, I voted this time and it didn't matter. I voted last time and nothing changed. So why do you keep wanting us to go to the polls? Uh, and we can't allow that kind of hopelessness or apathy to take root. If this vote does not happen, what are your next steps? We've been discussing that a lot. We meet every evening at eight o'clock to be together in prayer and strategy sessions, and we will escalate. Uh, there are some young people who have been on a hunger strike in Arizona, um, and they took a sabbatical for just a little bit. They are rejoining the hunger strike. Um, there's a possibility of some sharing of this journey with them. Um, there's also possibilities of other actions that we will do after that. Uh, the only thing I can tell you definitively at this moment, Allison, is that we won't go away. So if we don't get this passed, we are in it for the long haul. And now that we see things moving from the political realm, pressure being applied to the Senate, plus pressure being applied to Democrats who have lost their way, uh, we are encouraged soon we will make it and we will be in this race until then. That's Reverend Tracy Blackman with the United Church of Christ and Faith for Black Lives. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Ashley Armstrong for her production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Tuesday. Follow the show wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.